There's been a lot of confusion and misconception about my stance on suicide, most specifically what my stance is and why. For that reason, I'm hoping to make this video so as to clear up any confusion. Instead of giving you a speech about it, I'm just going to highlight some points. To be crystal clear, I'm against suicide. When you're feeling depressed, when you're feeling panicked, when you're feeling powerless, suicide is not the answer. My ultimate goal is to help people who are feeling suicidal to get back in touch with a feeling that their life is worth living for. This is the ultimate reason why I even did a video addressing the topic of suicide, trying to help people who are currently feeling suicidal. Given that this is a very personal subject for me, meaning this touches me on such a personal level, I cannot convey my level of caring for people who feel suicidal, and I cannot convey my level of passion for helping them actually find a life worth living for, find strategies that helps them to no longer feel suicidal. The standard mainstream approach to mental illness and to suicidality does not work as well as it needs to, and I'm not the only person saying this. This is the reason why every time I hold trainings, I have psychologists and psychiatrists who are flocking to these trainings of mine, trying to learn new approaches for mental illness, trying to learn new approaches to suicidality. The bottom line, you guys, is that if it worked, they wouldn't be looking for alternatives. Just this week, the head of the University of Pennsylvania Mental Health Services committed suicide. This is an epidemic that we need to solve together. Having been suicidal myself, having attempted suicide myself, having worked for years with people who are suicidal, having the extrasensory perception that I have that allows me to understand why thoughts and emotions work the way they do, uniquely qualifies me to be talking about a new approach to dealing with suicidality. And this is what I can tell you. The standard approach does not work. The perspective of somebody who is suicidal is unfathomable to most people. Most people have an intense fear of death, so they approach death as if it's the worst thing that could ever happen. This is not the perspective that people who are suicidal hold. People who are suicidal view death as an escape hatch that gets them out of unfathomable amounts of pain. It's the only relief that they can find to torture. Now, I'm going to argue with you that if you are going to change someone's perspective, you have to get deep enough into it to understand that perspective. And this is what we have to do with people who are suicidal. Mainstream mental health professionals would say that we need to get suicidal people to stop focusing on this way that they feel, stop focusing on their perspective about death and suicide, and instead focus on the goodness of life. But this makes people who are suicidal feel worse. People who are genuinely suicidal, they're thinking about suicide everywhere they go. If they're in a room, they're thinking about all the possible ways in that room that they could do it. This, on top of planning out the way that they would choose to do it, if they could choose any way, is a kind of unconscious rehearsal process, which actually brings them relief. Telling them not to think about suicide is like telling a person who's worried not to think about what they're worried about. Telling a suicidal person that if they do commit suicide, they're going to ruin other people's lives 
It doesn't actually work to make them feel better. In fact, it makes them feel worse. Because on top of feeling as bad as they do, bad enough that they're actually considering ending their life, now on top of it, you've just added the pressure of other people's feelings, the responsibility for those feelings of the people in their lives, and the guilt on top of it. What if there was another way that worked better? What if this way that worked better seemed counterintuitive to people who are on the outside looking in? What if we could say to people, okay, I'm going to humor you for a minute. In this safe space that we're in, what if we actually do look at these emotions that you have about suicide, look at the thoughts about committing suicide? What if we consciously play out the tragedy of this suicide? We see the impact on the family. We see what happens after this initial relief phase that they think they're getting. We introduce them to the what then, after death. What if this counterintuitive way of going about approaching suicidality actually is what enables a person to see that the best choice for them is to commit to life? There's a push right now for it to only be legal for licensed professionals that are trained through mainstream education to be speaking about the mind and about emotions. I find this terrifying. I have always been clear about this, and I'll say it again now. I am not a doctor. I am not a licensed therapist. I'm not a psychologist. What I am is a spiritual leader. What I am is a revolutionary in the field of personal development. While I can absolutely appreciate the risk of people who don't know what they're doing, doing things that cause more harm, it terrifies me that we're trying to limit the field to only certain people being legally allowed to talk about certain subjects. It scares me for the following reasons. The first is, there's a huge conflict amongst professionals about whether the brain gives rise to consciousness or whether consciousness itself gives rise to the brain. If consciousness itself gives rise to the brain, then we cannot actually consider mind and emotions to be a purely medical concern. Because if consciousness is beyond the brain, the brain can't be what we're pointing to as the problem when it comes to all mental illness, all thought processes, and all emotions. It also scares me because of how backward the mental health field is at this current time. We cannot forget that at one point in time, and it was a very long period of time, that what medical students were taught was to bloodlet to try to resolve illness. We now know that this killed people, lots and lots of people. It just never occurs to us that we, in this day and age, might actually be educating medical students, psychologists, and psychiatrists the same level of damaging methodology. This scares me because what it means is that all spiritual teachers, all self-help experts, all people who have found amazing cures themselves and want to tell people the answer that worked for them are now going to be in trouble for sharing their opinion, for sharing their perspective. And to be quite honest, many of them have cures that work much better than what is accepted in mainstream psychology or mainstream medical science. 
On top of this, it means that these people who have a genuine calling towards sharing this information will now be without the ability to fulfill their purpose, to do the very important things they have to do on this planet. Imagine telling the Dalai Lama, or Socrates, or Eckhart Tolle, or Anthony Robbins, that they can't talk about depression. It's not legal for them to do so. And that if they do talk about depression, they could get fined for practicing therapy without a license. On top of this, to be quite honest with you, it is a terrifying world that we live in today. If somebody has overcome suicidality and is saying that they can actually show their perspective on what actually did work, and people say we're not interested in what you have to say about that because you're not a psychologist. I am in a very difficult position teaching about suicide as a spiritual leader and as a survivor of suicidality myself because my perspective differs immensely from the mainstream psychology community. This focus that people in the media have put on me in relation to suicidality has painted the exact opposite picture of what is the reality about me and my stance on suicide. They don't interview the abundance of people who say that their lives were saved by my perspectives and by my stance on suicide and specifically by the video that I did on what to do if you're suicidal. They never speak to or speak about the psychologists and psychiatrists who support what I'm doing, who flock to my trainings to learn these new methods because they agree with me. Also because they see what I'm doing as the next step forward for the mental health field. What the media does not understand is that when I talk about suicide, when they put me in the position to talk about suicide, what comes across quite clearly to people who are suicidal is that I get suicidality better than anyone else. Therefore, what's happening is that they are driving people who are suicidal to me in droves. They're showing up in mass numbers to my platform, to my events, every time I hold them and every day. I would welcome this, except for now I find myself in extremely slippery territory. I now have a disproportionate amount of suicidal people that are coming to my platforms and coming to my events. This is happening every day more and more. And there are some people who would like to hold me accountable if any of those people who are now on my platform decide to commit suicide. The reality is that overcoming suicidality is about changing a person's life circumstance so that the life circumstances they're living in feel good instead of bad. As much as I would want to for every individual person, out of the millions of people who watch my videos and are on my platforms, it's not possible for me to make sure that each individual person out of those millions is making those changes, changing their life in a way where they no longer feel suicidal. So there's no way for me to guarantee that somebody who flocks to my material won't ultimately commit suicide. The thing that people don't seem to get is that I grieve every single one of these people who might commit suicide. The reality is, is the impact of suicide is astronomical. That being said, I do have to make a statement about our approach to suicidality. 
It is my opinion that our attitude towards suicidality and our unwillingness, quite frankly, to explore different approaches to suicidality is reflective more of our own fear of death. I want you to consider for a minute that it is that fear of death that we hold that might just be preventing us from getting as deep as we need to go into the perspective of somebody who is feeling suicidal to figure out what actually works instead of continuing to project onto suicidal people what we think will and should work. I am getting the message right now that it is better to not take the personal risk of talking about suicide in today's world. What does this say about us as a society? This taboo that we're painting around suicidality paints a taboo around people who are suicidal, and that is something that I am unwilling to get on board with. I want to be very clear. I do not want to fight the mainstream mental health community. I don't want to fight mainstream mental health. What I want is integrative mental health. I want integrative medicine in general. This includes people from a clinical background. That being said, I am compelled and driven to represent these individuals. Individuals who struggle with mental health concerns. Individuals who are suicidal and what I think they truly need. Which just might be something that society does not currently recognize. I need to make one thing very clear to the general public. It's that people don't want to die. What they want is to stop hurting. It just so happens that their life hurts so much that the only way they feel like they can stop hurting is to die. Now what we need to do is to figure out methods that actually work for individuals who are currently stuck in this mindset, instead of continuing to approach them with methodologies that are intended to help, but instead cause them more pain and do more damage. Have a good week.